You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Galatians 5. That's not where we're going to end, but we're going to start there. Galatians, the fifth chapter. Put your uh, finger on verse 16. Then I say, or this I say, then, I'm reading out of King James, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. And if you read that in a, in a modern English translation, it says that the flesh and the Spirit war with each other. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another. How many have ever proved that out in your walk already? That you have certain thoughts that just capture you, and and you want to do spiritual things, and you want to walk in the Spirit, and pretty soon you catch yourself not so much in the spirit. Don't raise hands. I know who you are. I'll come back and get you in a minute. I'm joking. Don't no one get nervous. <laughs> and these are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that you would. How many have ever been in that moment? You want to do right, but you didn't know that stupid neighbor was going to do that stupid thing. And then all of a sudden, your flesh is out of control. Come on, let's be honest. It happens. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And he gets into the big sins, the ones that we like. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you, therefore, I have also told you in time past that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. If I'm living in the Spirit, there's no law written that I'm violating or can violate because I'm following God. It's only when I'm listening to that other side of human nature that has a will of its own and wants to fight the things of God that I find myself breaking the laws of God. How many here want to be a law keeper, not a law breaker? Amen. Amen. So if that is the case, turn with me to Colossians. Colossians, the third chapter. I want to, I want to live after God. I want to live after the rudiments of truth. I want to live a life that is such an example to others that, um, they just can't find any accusation. Now, some people make up accusation, but, but they can't really honestly make it up because I want to be living in that place where I'm living after 
the Spirit, walking after the Spirit. It's exactly what Lois was talking about tonight, where my conduct is filled with compassion. I was thinking about what you were saying, how he fed their, their flesh as well as their spirit. And they came and they followed him into the wilderness, and they sought him first for spiritual manna. They wanted to hear his words. They wanted to see his miracles. And then he, after a long time, after they had followed him into the wilderness, they get into that place, and there they are. And he feeds them. Unfortunately, that became a problem. Because after he fed their flesh and fed their natural man, many of them followed him from then on, hoping they would get more meals out of him. And their hearts weren't pure and, and, and straight with him after that. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've, I love the blessing of the Lord. I love it when God dumps a blessing on my life, but I don't ever want to chase blessings. I don't want to be a blessing chaser. I want to be a God chaser. Because he's the God of the blessing, and blessings come and blessings go. Blessings come and material things come and material things go. You understand where I'm going with that. Relationships come and relationships go, but he's, he's constant. He's always the same. And I want to follow him. I don't want to be, I don't want to be guilty of being a fish and loaves follower. I want to be a follower of Christ because of who he is, not what he's done. And I thank God for all the things he's done. And I thank God I live in America. And I thank God I'm blessed above so many men in this world. I thank God for that, but I don't want my life to be defined by the blessing of my life. I want my life to be defined by the relationship I have with the God of the blessing. Who could say amen to that? Mm. I'm having fun. I'm not going to preach, I promise. Look at this. Chapter 3. Mm. I'm trying to decide which way to, to read this. Whether uh, I should read it King James or I should read it Amplified. So <clears throat> I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Hopefully it'll work as well. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as, as, <clears throat> excuse me, for as far as this world is concerned, you have died. In the King James, it says, you're dead. <laughs> it says, for ye are dead. That means you're dead. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're dead. Mm, be careful how you say it now. You're dead. And in the King James says, for you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. In the, in the Amplified it says, for as far as this world is concerned, you have died. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. I love that. I'm dead to the rudiments of this life because I've been to the altar and I let the old man die when I accepted 
the new second Adam, Christ. When I accepted him, the old me died. The problem is, is I'm living out the, the, the experience of night of the living dead. Right? Because my old nature doesn't know to lay down yet. It's, it's like it wants to stay alive even though it's dead. And uh, I just wanted to give you that weird picture so you get that in your mind that who in the world wants to be plagued by that thing dragging around behind you? No, I want this new life that's hidden in God. I want this new life that's filled with vibrancy. I don't want to go back to the old things. I don't want to go back. How many, are, how many when you come out of the old stuff are glad you came out of the old stuff? How many, are, how, many, how many really want to just go back and just live in a pig pen? How many like to do that tonight? All right, so we're good. So look at this, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Now here's the do. This is what uh, the burpees were sharing with us the other night. There's a do to our Christian walk. We don't just have the experience at the altar and then get salvation and then just go on with life as normal, but there's some do's. There's some things we have to do. Here's a do. Verse 5. So kill. Now, I thought it said you're dead back here. In verse 3, it says you're already dead. But then he gives us the understanding that we've been hidden in Christ. we got a life like no other. This new life we're living is second to none. This new life is filled with glory. This new life uh, is hidden in God. This new life is, is going to one day spring forth. And everyone, every eye who sees us returning with Christ is going to understand that you are one of his. But in the here and now, I have to live and show the world I'm one of his. And there's a little bit of a challenge to it. Look at this, verse 5. So kill, deaden, deprive of power the evil desire lurking in your members, those animal impulses, and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin. And then it goes on and it says the same things that we just saw over in Galatians. Sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, all greed and covetousness. For that is idolatry, the defying of self and other creative, deifying, I'm sorry, of self and other created things instead of God. It is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience those who are obstinately opposed to the divine will, among whom you also once walked when you were living in and addicted to such practices, but now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, bad feelings towards others, curses and slander and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old, unregenerate self with all of its evil practices. In other words, when the dead man tries to arise, you got to put him back in the grave. In other words, 
uh, in all those crazy uh, zombie movies you've seen, when the hand comes up out of the grave, right, in the middle of the night, you got to stomp it back in. It's like, oh, oh, oh no, you don't. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, you don't. You got to stomp it back down. I, I have spent my life denying my impulses. I have spent my life disciplining my mind to think right, yes. to be right, to live right. I have, I, I'm standing here behind this pulpit, and I'm not bragging. But I'm standing here as a leader in the church of Jesus Christ because I took serious the deadening of the old man. Does that mean that a hand never sticks up out of my grave once in a while? Oh, yes, it does once in a while. And I got to run. I got to stamp it out again. Sometimes I have to put my fingers in my ears like a little kid and go, I can't hear you. Sometimes temptation will come, and I have to. It depends on how strong that temptation is, but sometimes the enemy will come with a temptation, and I have to literally be rough with myself, manhandle myself, and say, oh, no, you don't. No, you won't think that. No, you won't stay there. No, you, you won't let your mind stay over in that place. No, you won't dig up something that you've already buried. No, you're not going to drag around some putrid, nasty, decaying, rotted thing. No, no, because you're a child of the Most High God. No, no, no. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. God don't make no junk, and I'm not going to drag no junk around. I am a child of the Most High God. God. And where I go, I represent him. And where I represent him, lives can change. People can be touched. Their world can be rocked because of the Christ within me. Just as equally, I can rock somebody's world if I represent Christ and then walk up into the middle of their world and do things that are unseemly, ungodly, unrighteous. I can rock their world so that they become prejudiced against God by my actions. Is this too hard? I didn't mean to preach, I promise. Keep doing it. Come on. I heard up here, we knew you'd do it. Here's the thing. We're headed into revival. Actually, we're not headed into it. We're in it. We're in it. And as attention is drawn to revival, attention is drawn to Christ. But the only Christ they see is you and I. And that's where they will judge this move of God, what they see in us. I didn't intend to get this crazy with this tonight, but I'll, I'll finish with this. We can either put God in a tremendous, fabulous light and cause people to run to him or by our actions, by our lifestyle, by our words, by the things we do, by the attitudes, 
that we have, not only towards each other within the body, but those outside of the body. See, if I show myself ugly at City Hall, then I set for everyone who witnessed me be ugly at City Hall the understanding that, well, that's not a very patient Jesus. He's kind of ugly. He's kind of mean. He's kind of got a mean spirit. Or if I, all I do is complain all the time and whine all the time, then I'm showing them that we're a needy church. Is this making sense, what I'm saying? What we want to show this community and our region is that God is to be desired. Not only can he remove your sin, but he can change the quality of your life. I have some responsibility in my Christ-like walk to live like him, to walk like him, to talk like him, and to thank God that I have him as my, as my advocate should I mess this up, get in a slip here or there. But I have him. I have him at all times. And I've been designed to live higher than the fleshly realm. I've been designed to walk in the spirit. When Adam was created, he walked daily in the garden with God. But after he fell, you never again hear that he ever walked with God. Christ Jesus came and walked with God and then established for you and I the power of the second man, Adam, and restored what Adam destroyed so that you and I can walk with God again. And he leads us by the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one on the inside who whispers to you whenever the old man tries to arise. And he gives you the power to put the old man down, to stomp those bodies back into the grave where they belong. Let me finish this with one more verse. And you have clothed yourself with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into a fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image or the likeness of him who created it. You catch that? It's a progressive walk. Salvation is. In this new creation, all distinctions vanish. There is no room for, and there can be neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, nor difference between nations, rather alien, barbarians, or Scythians. Now, if you understand those names there, every one of those are very, very undesirable people who are the most savage of all, nor slave nor free men, but Christ in all, Christ is all and in all and everything and everywhere to all men without distinction of person. And here's what I'm trying to get to. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones his own picked representatives who are purified and holy and well-beloved 
by God himself, by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy and kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways and patience, which is tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Be gentle and forbearing with one another, and if one has a difference, a grievance, or a complaint against another, readily pardoning each other, even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. Back up in verse 12. Wrap or clothe yourself in God. Wrap yourself up in God. Clothe yourself with God. If we want to represent him accurately in the earth, we must wrap ourselves up in God. He must be the outer garment people see. He must be the temperance. He must be the kindness. He must be the mercy that people see. Because if I wrap myself in his character, I'll be inviting to the world. If I wrap myself in his character, I'll represent him accurately in the kingdom. The world is waiting for the revealing of the sons or the children of God. The world is waiting with great anticipation. The Bible says that the earth groans for deliverance from the captivation that was brought upon it and the subjugation that was brought upon it by the first man, Adam. It's waiting for the church to arise to the occasion and represent Christ accurately and finish the commission so that Jesus can return. We are, how do I say this? We are the John the Baptist of our generation. We are the ones that are called into the wilderness to cry, make straight the way for the Lord is coming. Make straight the way for he is about to arrive. And so tonight, I want to leave it with this. It's time to get wrapped up in God. It is time to get wrapped up in Christ Jesus. It is time to get wrapped up in him, Austin, you can go ahead. It is time to let him lead us, guide us, and direct us. If ever church were going to arise above the church norm, it must be this hour. How many have done church most of your life? Would you raise your hand? Yeah. How many have been there, done that, worn the t-shirt, worn the t-shirt out? And you're still seeing the same things today that you've seen through all of your life. How many would like to see us go to a new place in God? That's 100%, except Colleen. <laughs> she said, I'm already there. <laughs> I want to go to a new place in God. I know how to do a, three songs in a sermon, 
I heard Francis Chan say today that there was a time in his life when he was young in his ministry that he loved for people to come and say, Pastor, that was really a good message today. It's a good message. And I would imagine every pastor, if he was telling the truth, there, there has been some moments when we felt like we needed to hear that. But then he said something that was even greater to me. He says, now I, I no longer even think about that. He says, what thrills me now is when someone comes and says, you know, Pastor, what you said a couple of weeks ago, I'm beginning to live. What you said a couple of weeks ago, I'm doing. What you said in that sermon got me and made me think and made me change my behavior, how I walk, where I go, what I do. So let's finish it with this. I'm going to have Austin continue to worship. But let's enter worship as we finish out our evening with a new heart, a new mind. You know, anyone can raise their hands. Anyone can sing the words, but not everyone can enter into the realm of the Spirit unless they do something different. You have to seek Him, not just go through the motions. We as the church, we have to live this thing and get wrapped up in Christ Jesus. So for the remainder of our time together tonight, let's get wrapped up in Jesus. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.